podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to a Celtic state of mind. I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm Paul John Dice, <laughs> and today I'm enjoy. I'm enjoyed. I'm joined by Amy Canavan. You want to present today, Amy? I was just going to say, should we just like cut broadcast? Go again. It's beyond me. It looks as though you're in the studio actually, but you're not in that. You're not in the state of mind studio. Uh, we're here to talk about Celtic for an hour. Let me know your thoughts in the comment section if you're tuning in on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter. Let us know your thoughts, what's happening um, at Celtic, what we're doing for next season. Thoughts on Jota, thoughts on the new Celtic kits. What can we do next season um, a little bit better? What has Ange learned from the European campaign of this term? Uh, when did they change Scottish Cup winners to Scottish Cup champions? Everything will be covered in today's one hour episode. Amy, always a pleasure. Have you got over your one week celebrations? I have. I am. I'm back. We're fighting fit now. Um, no excuses. It doesn't sound that actually. I've just realised that. It's probably because I've not done a lot of talking today. At least you can um, speak. Exactly. Exactly. At least I can speak. Um, but yeah, not raring to go again. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. When did Scottish Cup champions become a thing? I've never mm. known that, Paul. Have you? No, that's interesting. I mean, narratives are interesting at the best of times. Amy, um, yeah, Absolutely, it's propaganda and that's mm-hmm. all it is. Now, Magnet67 is often the first commenter. I'm going to bring you up. You're watching on YouTube. If Ange can add a bit more quality in a few positions and perhaps a bit more steel in midfield, we can certainly compete in Europe. A lot of the broadcasts will be talking about European football through the summer. And why not, Amy? Because let's be honest, it's normally a couple of weeks break, then we're right into the qualifiers. And we've been focusing specifically on a season-by-season basis on the bulletins. And it gives us that focus when there isn't as much chat around comings and goings and everything else at Celtic Park. And today we will actually be focusing on the last campaign and asking the question, what has been learned that's going to hold us in good stead next term? And I think there's quite a few things. But uh, what else has been in the news? Yakimakis tells Jota he must stay. And you look at these kind of things, Amy, and you think, well... It's quite clear that there's a, a real 
um, bond within this team, isn't there? I mean, we've seen the pictures of the guys going away on holiday. I know that's quite a normal thing. Uh, but there really is a bond, and it's a bond that I didn't feel we had last season. Oh, God, yeah, sorry, absolutely. Um, I meant the team, not us. Obviously, yeah, that's on team, that's on team well, of fine. We were, we were so bonded because we were so depressed. Um, no, it was, yeah, that was evident last year. But we spoke of that, you know, just um, just kind of the, yeah, the, the, the lack of togetherness, lack of gel, perhaps because mm-hmm. there was rotations left, right and centre, but it didn't look like a group, you know, it didn't look like a collective. Um, and we spoke about that many a time as, as to why that would, would possibly have been the case but this season yeah it's been a, a real united front I think not a, 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 um, a, a fundamental of it but a part of it certainly you know after every single game win lose or draw going round as a collective as a group and and you know applauding the fans you know it took a few folks to realise that that happened every game um, but it, it, it wasn't does. a lap of honour to it wasn't a, a game. lap of honour yeah it's like where have you been these last few weeks pal but um yeah, I think even that is, is the little things that I think shows, you know, um, and they're all factors can contributing towards it. So I, I like seeing stuff like that. You like players coming out and, and supporting each other and eager for each other to stay. Um, you know, Yakimakis is, is uh, certainly under no illusions, as none of us are, that a lot of his goals have came from Jota's brilliance, if not directly from the boot of him, certainly in the build-up. You know, the assist of the assist or whatever these um, crazy things are now, but certainly part of the build-up play um, and it has been a, a fruitful kind of partnership mm. and that's what you want to see you want that in the back line as well you know you're wanting that between Carter Vickers and Starfield which I do think we've seen certainly last season we never but because probably if you're asking now you know who was the the starting back to always last season you mostly Ayer and Welsh but not always um, so there, there wasn't that continuity basically, you know, you certainly wasn't having that continuity in the goalkeeping department either and everything, you know, it was a lottery sometimes every week there would be some mad mental inclusion um, and I think that's probably one of the real changes from this season as well, certainly when we're looking at the European campaigns, even though they actually probably have been um, the European games, sorry, they've probably been when the most changes have had have actually happened, and there's been a few shock conclusions. Looking back now, they certainly seem shock conclusions because now I think you kind of have a nailed eleven, possibly with a few others. You know, we spoke about that before, and that rotation is either or was sadly now O'Reilly, Rogic kind of thing mm. um, up top, Kyogo or, or Yakimakis towards the latter part of the season. So having that continuity you know, that's going to breed into the players as well. They know who they're, they're linking up with, who they're trying to pick out. Um, so it is it's fantastic. And, you know, Yakimak is coming out and, and speaking of Yota. There was Hatati as well, obviously. Dan um, just just produced that thread this morning, which was terrific, actually. It did seem to go on forever, but it was it didn't. Like, it actually is. When you look back, there's 999 tweets to that, but it goes in so quick because it's such insight really and um, yeah. so he didn't even hit him and, and speak of Kyogo it's those little things you're just starting to see that the unity that I think is felt amongst the fans towards the side is also represented within the within the, the players themselves yeah and the other big one as well that came to mind when you were talking about that was um, young uh, Abada coming into the side near Beaton oh, yes. takes him under his wing and they've obviously got a wee kind of like Bond, it's uh, Paddy Roberts, Kieran Tierney-esque. And unfortunately for uh, Abada, Beaton is moving on to Pastors New. A couple of wee things that, that cropped up there when you were talking, the assist of an assist, I'd have been great at that when I played because I used to just like <laughs> put the toe through the ball, 
to a ball player who would set up someone who could score a goal. So exactly. I, I would be up there. I'd be up there on the, the twice assist or whatever you call it table. Uh, and secondly, you're talking about doing a lap of honour. Our very own Jim Orr, the multi-talented Jim Orr, who is currently rehearsing um, his team of actors for a theatre show, Bend It Like Bertie, and we spoke to Des McLean on Friday night show uh, all about that. Or was it Saturday? No, it was Friday. Um, he has sent me some fantastic footage, Amy. And the footage is, Jim being Jim, smuggled a camcorder to Seville in 2003. Um, and in between looking for water and stuff like that, he was able to <laughs> film um, from the crowd. From the crowd, Jim Orr was able to film uh, various absolutely tremendous shots of the lap of honour that was done by Martin O'Neill and his players uh, after the game. And also, it's, what's astonishing about that, right, because you can actually see during this video the Porto players being presented with their, their award, um, is the amount of Celtic fans in the stadium. And I think it's interesting to note um, that the stadium was pretty full by the time, you know, Porto had already been given their trophies and their medals and O'Neill and the boys had gone all the way around the stadium and they came up to where Jim was and he pans around you can see all the fans we are going to put it on the YouTube channel just as a gentle reminder um, but yeah that's Jim Moore for you Jim Moore he, you know, sets up groups to help save the club in the 1990s <laughs> he does plays on Brat Back and Bertie he takes a camera he to Seville I love Jim Moore there you go and by the way there are still some tickets available so what to do is go into our YouTube channel go into the Des McLean interview and I've put all the links to every venue underneath I think there's about 15 or 16 different dates it's a tremendous tour um, and hilarious as well um, so yeah Yakimak is telling you that we need to keep him and I don't think we'd disagree with that Yakimakis came into the, the team this season and he didn't hit the ground running how often have we heard that saying oh he hit the ground running most of the signings did he didn't he took a wee while to settle in but he went on to score 17 goals um, and a lot of his games were substitute appearances Amy and the thing is that takes him to 46 goals in two seasons you're looking at that form you're thinking we've got a 20 goal a season striker on our hands who doesn't even play every week uh, which is tremendous and I think that um, one of the big things I love about Yakimakis is that confidence it oozes Confidence. He's been called arrogant in the press. Some fans say, oh, you shouldn't say we've got the best team, we've got the best squad. I'm all for it, and I, I want him to continue. He's actually come out and defended his chat, isn't he? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Are you quite happy that Yakimakis has got that belief and he's got that kind of gallus nature that uh, we often associate with Glaswegian footballers? Hey, well, I did say at the time I didn't like it. I say keep that um, kind of chat for the dressing room. Um, I won't go back on it. Even though, because I, I said at the time, you know, it could come back and bite us in the bum, obviously, it never. I don't know. I'm all for a bit of confidence, absolutely, but sometimes I don't know, just teetering on the edge of cockiness. But fair play to him if that's his game and he, he has stood by them. So you can't say that, you know, he, he's tried to hide away. I think that's a lot easier to not hide away when they're proved fruitful. Uh, fruitful. Um, but I don't know. I don't mind it right now because there's nothing really, you know, I've got no qualms. I'm picking and choosing what bits I like. Um, I've got no qualms with them coming out and saying, you know, Jota should be staying absolutely fine with that. But yeah, again, was he wrong? Well, proved right. The Celtic did have the best squad, the best team um, this season in the league. Um, but 
yeah, I'm, I'm not so confident. I don't want them coming out on whatever date in August. Um, just coming out and going, yeah, that's, uh, that's the league. Um, I'm, I'm not quite so big a fan of that. But like, if the big man's got confidence, his he, he stats are certainly backing up, isn't it? He's not coming out and not being able to, um, to, to prove any weight within them. He's got that confidence in his own ability. And yeah, you know, the stats don't lie. I'm not. Alan Morrison, Alan's far, far better than me than stats. Um, but yeah, he can uh, certainly uh, prove that it's it's worth it. His comments are certainly worth its weight in gold. Yeah, without a doubt. The other thing I was going to ask it, around Jota, um, it was brought up a few weeks back, Amy, that you know Celtic should maybe go for a marquee signing. And it got a good debate going because I don't think that uh, Ange goes for marquee signings. I mean, it could be argued that Joe Hart was a marquee signing, right? Um, some might say, oh, he's at the end of his career, how could you call it that? But some of the players we've had that would been regarded maybe as, as marquee buys, the likes of Roy Keane, um, maybe Gravison even to a, to a degree, were kind of at the, the kind of latter end of their careers. So maybe Joe Hart. Um, and my argument was, was really that, you know, he's, he's using mar- markets and or he's utilising markets that perhaps they won't appear like marquee signings. Hatati comes in, Kyogo comes in. How much do we know about these players? We, we pretty quickly find out that they're players and they're, they're excellent players. Um, do you think that Jota would feel almost like a marquee signing because of what we already know about him? Even though when he came in, I've got to admit, he was pretty unknown to me. Um, but now that we've seen the flair, um, and and the entertaining style that he has, and and the way that he's actually kind of like um, being accepted by the Celtic support as well, I think it would feel like a big kind of marquee signing for us. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? As you say that, because you know you're thinking if if you think of Joe Hart of. 2012-2013 then you're going to say yeah then that is the marquee sign and if you think of where Joe Hart was this time last season you're probably thinking yeah I don't think you can actually put that as, as a marquee depends what you, what you label that as same as you're saying yeah to us maybe Kyogo certainly didn't see as a, as a marquee sign or Hatati was a marquee sign but you're, you're thinking well to, to Angie was to, to J-League he was uh, to anyone with knowledge in that kind of um part of world football then you say yeah that is actually so it depends which way you you really know know, know off the player um, but I think that's probably fair to say yeah with, with Jota I really do um, because I think you probably actually say the same for Carter Vickers as well because you're thinking how much better probably could Celtic really get right now mm-hmm. um, and I'm not saying because who, who Celtic can attract but who do we know out there who could be better than Jota who we could potentially go for who's on the market um, I certainly don't think that there's there's nobody that's springing into mind right now certainly no centre defender that's springing into mind and I think that's really special as well because we see it right across right across the elite football that's the, the real position that teams probably for the best part of the last decade have really really struggled to find that marquee decent proper center, central defender who can do it all who still has that kind of old school style of play about him who basically fundamentally can defend um, you know everything is about Van Dyke because he was kind of the, the model um, who was able to, to obviously get that move to Liverpool eventually but um, I think Carter Vickers is probably as good as you could get um, and 
that is it's sounding like I'm kind of downplaying it here, um, but that's just because of how good he is, um, and I think really have want, want to watch with him, and we certainly will do if, if he does sign, and I think Shoth is the same, because you're getting kind of two for one, and you're getting that marquee name, that marquee yeah. sign-in, if that's what we want to label it, but you're also getting a guy who's already embedded in. You yeah. know, you're not going to have to then, that's so crucial, you're not going to have to go, right, we'll need to maybe give him till September, October, to, to try and feed himself into play, you know, you that's the beauty of, of having a loan first and then signing after because that bedding in period is done, it's dusted and he's an integral cog now in, in Ange Postacoglu's Celtic wheel. Um, so you're getting kind of every little fragment that you would want, every little piece of the puzzle is really all together now. The only thing that's needed is for him to sign because, well, look, there's his relationship with Yakimakis shown um, mm. the way that they're speaking. He's obviously got a great relationship with Starfelt. In fact, they're brave enough to go on a, a, a jet off to uh, Seville uh, this time last week. Don't know who said that would be a good idea, but fair play to them. Um, could have maybe went a few days earlier, or certainly could have then waited at least a few days. But there, there you go. Um, and you know, you can see that on the pitch, that that beaming smile with Kyogo as well. I remember when uh, Jota obviously Kyogo's return. Jota was the player that went off, and he was, you know, the, the smile was lug to lug. Um, you, you can't put that on. Um, so. All of these little things, as well as, like you say, that name, that, that yeah, we're, we're managing to keep a hold of this real talent. Cause that's, that's what he is. I know he had that little bit of a dip probably at the turn of the new year, and it was crazy. People were saying, right, don't need him. I still think he's a great player. You know, you don't just lose that quality. It was a little yeah. dip in form. New players were coming in. Had Hatate and Maeda. Things were starting to, to shake up a little bit. And he maybe saw, you know, Maeda, as we've seen, pretty decent on the left. I actually prefer him on the left than through the middle. It's not saying that he saw a threat, but maybe it was just a bit like, oh, my, my starting position maybe isn't as consolidated as it was um, when I first joined. So I just think everything is kind of already actually fell into place mm. and all that's needed is, is really that signature. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's a good point you make there because I think up to January, all he had uh, was Mikey Johnson. And I don't think Mikey was quite breathing down his neck for a jersey what I love about Jota is he can play on both sides you can yes. switch between left and right you've got Kugel who can switch central to left prefer him central Maeda left central prefer him left but you've got the adaptability of these players and I look at a lot of the uh, loan deals over the piece for a long time Amy have yeah they've maybe either been a flop right and I'm, we, we could name a few or they've maybe done a job for that wee spell that we needed them um, and I mean, in recent times, you know, you're Charlie Musonda, Timo Weah, Jeremy Tolia and Ollie Buck. There's loads of them, right? Um, and some of them have just, you know, they've filled a gap for that spell. Others, you're quite happy to see go. And I think when I look through the list, hindsight's a great thing as well. But I would have kept Forster, I think, for obvious reasons. I would have loved to have kept Denier. Um, I've also spoken about El Yanusi, who I, I, I thought was yes. great and would have pl played well under Ange as well. Um, and maybe with hindsight, I'm probably adding, um, I'm probably removing Roberts and probably removing Benkovic because of what's happened since the left Celtic, but I liked them at the time. Um, what we've got now is three lone players, and we want to keep all three of them. Maeda, it's been confirmed that's happened. We knew it was going to happen, but the other two would keep them as well. So again, it strengthens just how good a recruitment is. Even when it's a loan deal, Amy, we're getting a loan player in that we can keep beyond the initial loan deal as well. And I think that's a positive because all too often in the past, it's just been short-termism, hasn't it? 
Yeah, it wasn't just that panic signing. So, well, that's the thing. It couldn't even be a panic signing, a panic signing, a panic loan move just to almost get that body through the, the door sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, actually bringing in a loan player who can impact, will impact and can, and can really play a part. And, you know, how many times have we seen, you know, and especially in the January transfer window, you know, those names you rattled off, Timo Weah, actually they're my Timo Weah, um, and probably would have liked to have seen more of him at the time. Um, but, yeah, it was just Ollie Burke, it was oh, Ollie Burke. Um, it wasn't the, the greatest success story either, just as you're, you're thinking, again, I would have kept an eye. But it was just kind of quick, that quick fix kind of mentality. Um, and it was, oh, yo, we've not signed anyone. We've not brought any names in through the door. And all these transfers would happen, like, right at the death as well. Um, you know, the last few days in January, it was never like it was really properly the aim of the window to get these kind of guys in. It was kind of like the last chance saloon to get some bodies through the door. Um, but, yeah, to have Carter Vickers and Jota and when did, and um, then Maida as well, obviously, in, in January. Um, but his is a slightly different case because there was always known that it was going to be um, permanent at the end. But, yeah, to have Jota and, to Car- and Carter Vickers, and, yeah, from the offset, you have to say that, obviously, they were brought in to, to play a part. And that's what I mean, even that in its sense is something a little bit different to what Celtic's own kind of movements were. Um, and it's odd because I actually think this time last year we were probably saying Celtic's loan sign-ins have actually not been too bad in the loan department. Um, and we were actually, I'm sure we had a show about that, um, or a segment at least. Um, and we were saying that, yeah, maybe our sign-ins aren't always the greatest, but we don't. We actually negotiate the loan kind of deals not too, not too shabby at all. And then you look at it now and you think, well, no, this is actually how you properly do it. Um, and and I think that just, that just proves how you know the games that both have played, the um, the, the responsibility that, that both have on their shoulders, by Ange, by the players, by the fans. Um, you know I think there's been many times throughout the season that we've actually probably I certainly have. You forget that they're lone players because they don't even act like they're lone players, do they? And um, no. you know you think they're fully integrated, Jota in particular, just because of the the flair they has and really you know Carter Vickers very nonchalant. Um, and you want that in a central defender, don't you? Um, but, you know, Jota, when he's out celebrating everything, just you, you actually sometimes forget. You think, wow, this guy's not actually signed because he's just bought into everything, bought into the fans, you know, mm. he's at Ikea. Um, all these little things. Um, and like I say, if you're spotted in Ikea buying furniture, you're not going home six months later. You're just not. No, because, I mean, like I was saying to you before, you know, building that kind of stuff in DIY can be quite a difficult, to the point where you you burst your knuckles, that's what that was, by the way. Um, I'm not a violent man, nothing happened over the weekend, in case you're wondering. The Celtic jersey, now, I'm going to use my newfangled um, buttons here, the Celtic jersey, here we go. Um, It could mean one of a few things, it could actually mean that Celtic jersey which, of course, shows just how much I love Celtic jerseys because that's my forthcoming book. Is um, it definitely yours? Is it Paul John Dykes? Yes. Uh, there is an alternative version under the name of John <laughs> Paul Dykes. But this gives you the full history, and there's a reason for this. It's not a shameless plug. The full it's history of the Celtic plug. kit. And what we did over a period of seven years is we um, engaged with all the collectors out there or many of the collectors out there, and we got a match-worn example of every Celtic jersey since the 1930s, right up to date. So I've always got a keen interest on new Celtic jerseys, and obviously the reason I'm bringing that up is because there are quite a few 
new jerseys uh, to discuss and they have obviously been leaked on the social media pages um, so let's have a look at some of them let's share our thoughts uh, on the new Celtic jerseys I'm pretty sure that this is a proper leak a leak jersey and um, to be honest with you I've said many many times Amy that my favourite away jersey of all time was the old 1990s effort which yeah. this is based on what's your thoughts on this away top? Oh I absolutely love it um, my uncle, again, one of his favourites, same as yours. Um, he's he's similar age to you. Uh, loved the strip back then, the the kind of the original. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. I'll let you say what this is kind of based off. Um, so I've, uh, I love any kind of nod back to um, to past kits. Love the Love Street one just a few years ago as well. Um, so I, I love this. I really do. I love any black and any strip, to be honest. I think it's just so smart. Um, I love the, 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 the yeah, just, I just love everything about it, actually. I really do. I was just going to go through it all, but yeah, just rounded. I just simply love it. It's a, a great, great strip. And um, yeah, that would absolutely be getting purchased. The Urban Culture, not a plug, not in the slightest. Thank you, my <laughs> friends. Thank you. You've got to try. Um, and Kevin loves this one. I've got to say, right, when something is so much loved as the original of this was, you really are. It's like covering a great song, Amy. You've got to do it justice, haven't you? You really have got to do it justice. And I've learned over the years that sometimes these images don't do the jerseys justice. And I know that one of the guys who had this on, I think he might have picked it up in America, uh, there was a picture of the back of it and it was just black. The, you know, the, the stripes didn't yeah. extend um, onto the back of the jersey. And that was uh, a bone of contention for a lot of Celtic supporters. Um, I'd like to see it on the likes of Carter Vickers and Jota next season before making a full judgment of it. But the one thing I would point out, as well as the back, um, the collar. Now, I get that, that styles change, etc. But I think one of the biggest parts, one of the biggest strengths of this jersey was the collar and the green and white extended onto the collar as well. So I love, I love the premise. I love the idea of it. But I'm not convinced that they've done it justice just yet. I'd like to see it on some of these players. Now, you might say, well, anything could look good on Jota. I get that. But um, at the same time, I want to see it on the players' backs before making a judgment on that one. But there's also been a home jersey leak. So let's see if I can find that one and bring that up as well. I think this is it. Um, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. A slightly smaller image that I found online. What's your thoughts on this? We've gone back to the V-neck. It's the silver Adidas stripes down the shoulders and the silver star above the crest. The green hoops have got a bit of a pattern on there. Nice and crisp. I love the V-neck, got to say. It takes us back to the 80s, um, which is even further back. Yeah, what's your thoughts on this one, Amy? Yeah, I like, a v I like the V-neck. I do like a V-neck as well. I think, like you say, going back to, to older kits, um, I don't think you can go wrong. I agree with you as well with the other kit. I like a collar. Um, so I call it a V-neck. I'm right up there, but I'm not so big a fan of the the silver, like the three Adidas stripes. I'm not so big a fan of that. Um, I like the pattern a bit 
through the hoops. Um, mm. I like when there's something just shaking up a wee bit sometimes. Um, not to a ridiculous level, but yeah, I like that. Other than I don't, I really don't like the the um, the three Adidas stripes. I just realised I was pointing to my shoulder, and you actually can't even see that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not a, a fan of the the silver on it. Just get that off. Other than that, it's fine. I just I want a continual hoop. It's because silver denotes second best. I think is the issue here. Um, and if you've got to have the the silver on on the shoulders. It's extending onto the the gold Lisbon star, as it's called. That's got to be gold, surely. Um, but maybe they're saying, well, the European Cup is silver. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking, you know, designers. But a lot of people are coming through here. Urban Coach is saying that 67 jersey was the greatest football top ever. Even when you speak through the research of that book that I've, you know, unashamedly plugged earlier on, uh, thanks for reminding me of the Urban Coach when you speak to people who are not Celtic fans, people who love football jerseys, and there are a lot out there, by the way, proper aficionados. Um, i just done the research. I don't have a collection. These guys do. They love Celtic jerseys. So it doesn't matter if they're Arsenal fans or, or Newport County fans. They love the green and white hoops and they have a huge respect for it um, as well. We do get this. It's been tried, Pete McGee, successfully or otherwise. Let me know your thoughts. Bring back the bumblebee. And somebody brings up here that Jota would look great in the Bumblebee as well. Can he beat the original, says Stephen Gallagher. Um, there's Pete McGee. Yeah, Jota would look tremendous in the Bumblebee strip. He certainly would. Now, it is the pre-season. We are going to be talking about things like jerseys and uh, all sorts of uh, other things rather than the gossip and the news around transfers because I'm sure that will start filtering in uh, over the next few weeks. But one report I was reading this morning was around the difficulty Celtic may have, Amy, in offloading a Yeti, Barkas, Sorrow and Bolly, who clearly don't have futures at Celtic. Um, and the issue, the stumbling block, will be the wages unsurprising but when you look at these four players in particular that's before we look at Julien who's entered the last year of his contract as well um, I've got a point actually to make and if anybody can enlighten us on this I would like you to uh, bring up a comment Julien's contract ran to the same point that Beton and Rogic and Forrest did um, and I'm noticing looking at this so does ball and gollies right um, so does that mean that we've got them for another year or is that the, the one-year option? So does that mean we could effectively go the same way with Julian and Bolingoli as we did with Rogic and Beaton? Let me know because I'm not that sure on that. Their, their dates in terms of their contracts are exactly the same. So it might mean if the, if the deals were structured in the same way, we might be offloading Bolingoli and Julien, who knows? The other three, Barkas, 27 years of age, contracted up to 2024. Sorrow, 24 years of age, Amy. He's, he's only 24. Contracted up to 24. And Ajeti is only 25, and he's contracted up to May 2024. Getting these guys off the wage bill is huge. Will we be able to? Do we cut our losses and say, you know what, it's a one-year loan deal, Celtic still pay the vast majority of the wages just with a view to getting rid of them at the end of that year. How do we deal with these guys? Oh, God. That's the greatest question, isn't it? Um, who would take them? I think, um, you know, there's nothing really been on show from any of the three, to be honest, that you would mm -hmm. say that any club would actually want them. Barcast, I think his attitude has been 
a first. Um, and I think at any level, you've got to, you know, I get if you're unhappy, but he's never acted in a way that um, is kind of respectable. Uh, you know, he's on a train, um, he's getting pictured basically looking like that he's out on, uh, he's out the window, uh, out the door, sorry. Um, then you're watching, we could be going out the window as well, uh, then you're watching him in, in uh, warm-up, I don't know what disinterested he's warming up. Um, I've never seen anyone more uninterested in anything really. Um, so for Barkas, yeah, I really don't know where he goes. I think there's obviously going to be a, a hell of a lot of uh, frustration on his part. He came in international goalkeeper still, and like I say, he's got to be so far down the pecking order. Surely to God, um, it must be frightening. Then you're looking at. Sorrow and Ayeti, it's kind of what we were saying um, just before we came on, that, you know, these are two guys that have actually both started in, in Europe for us this season, which is unreal. Uh, I think that's mental to actually even think of that. Um, it's been one hell of a season. Um, and I think actually when thinking that is the first time that I've really clocked on as well. You know, when um, Ange said that last week or the week before, that it's, it has felt like two seasons in one. Yeah. Um, one for the sheer magnitude of the games, but also just because it really does feel like, I'm sorry, that cannot be an Ange post-Coglu side, um, that you're starting sorrow and a Yeti. I'm like, is that not like a year ago now? Um, and I think that actually speaks volumes. Um so you would probably have to argue that they'll certainly argue that they think, well, I wasn't that bad that not too long ago I was starting in Europa League. A move must be available somewhere. Um, I think Ayeti, I think, I do still think that there has to be a player somewhere in Ayeti because there was. Um, and there's a, there's a real frustration with them. Um Sorrow, I'm not so sure. He's just turned into a, a, a walking yellow card, um, to be to be honest. And remember, we put him in the same bracket as David Turnbull last year, saying that they were the two kind of like shining lights. Okay. Um, last November, kind of like a year past November under Lenny, obviously. Yeah. Um, in that season, because they both did come through at the same time. Again, I understand that um, Turnbull always was because just naturally being more creative. But they were kind of paired together, saying, well, the shining lights, the, the only positives have been Turnbull and Sorrow. Turnbull, of course, kicked on and, and Sorrow just kicked. Um, but, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so where for, to go back to your question, which I've totally just dodged, um, where do they go? Great question. I think you have to try and get something for a Yeti. Because I, I really, I really do think there is a player in there. Maybe that's just being blind from from my point of view. But Barkas is certainly not showing any kind of emotion, any kind of anything actually that he wants a move and deserves a move and is kind of looking for a move because he just looks the, the unhappiest He's soul ever. He's just completely but, checked out. Yeah, exactly. But you're still getting a wage, so mm, you could at least look a bit half bothered. And I just do not think that he does at all ever. That bothers me, though, about modern players not being bothered about their reputation. When you yeah. look at the onus that Ange particularly puts on the character as well as the player. So he's, he's offered certain players and he refuses because they're not the right character for him. And I think that there will be other managers of the same ilk, other coaches of the same ilk, who will be looking at that and thinking bad news. You know, um, Liam Tennant talking to bad news wasn't in charm the same. I actually think we had to buy him out his contract. 
I think that, that might have been structured differently. I remember reading at the time thinking, you know, um, here's a player who at one point was wanted um, by Porto for nine million quid. It was like 12 months before. And we, it ends up costing us money to get rid of him. So I'd need to check that, Liam, but I'm pretty sure he cost us money to, to get rid of him. Um, the underwater cabbage salesman, any excuse to bring that name up, hopefully that is a decoy. I think you're talking about the home top, perhaps, and it may be a decoy. I think the, the concern was, though, people, eagle-eyed um, social media users did notice that that is the Celtic carpet in one of the lounges. Uh, the Kerrydale suite, uh, at least, uh, I think, most of the lounges have got the same carpet. Um, so that does look as though it was taken in Celtic Park somewhere. So um, I'm pretty sure we will get the official photos. And if they're being modelled by Jota and Carmen Carter-Vickers, we will all be happy. Um, but I'm looking at their players because I remember back in the day, you know, players who were out of favour or just not doing what they were told were, would be sent away to train with the third team or the fourth team. And, you know, the options to throw them into the B team, it's not as easy as that, of course. We can't really quite do that. Um, get them into the championship on loan, that kind of thing. Um, what good's that going to do to us or, or the or the player? It's not going to do any good. So, yeah, I think Matt Lowell has his uh, work cut out, not just in bringing players in, but in getting rid of um, a big drain on our resources as well. Now, Martin O'Neill has been talking up um, our European progress for next season, and there's quite a few people coming in. I think it's fair enough. Um, people looking at next season urban culture again I think we should be patient on Europe another year of building and we can make a big impact don't be looking across the city um, and we have another similar kind of comment coming up need to call down with Europe calm down with Europe expectation for the next two months is just building up to fail but in pot four and the teams we could get are scary domestic domination and enjoy Europe win, lose or draw I think what it comes to, though, is when do we start focusing on Europe and trying to make that impact? And the frustration really um, was felt during the AGM when Bankier, the chairman, said that um, we can't compete in Europe, which is not good enough, really, because as season ticket holders, as shareholders um, of the club, I'm pretty sure that we need something a wee bit more than, you know, we can't compete, so why try? Because that was the attitude that we got. Martin O'Neill thinks that uh, with further good recruitment uh, the issues can be addressed says O'Neill um, but my concern is will Ange get the proper backing what does that even look like now because he's he's worked wonders in the transfer market Amy can he do that again I mean half a dozen players for under 2 million quid all making an impact can he do that kind of business again do you think I have faith in him don't you um, you can't not have faith um, because everything that he's done he's, he's absolutely excelled in. Um, it's a tough ask, there's no two ways about that, I'm not saying that it's going to be an easy job uh, maybe he's even doesn't think that that kind of um, um, bargains basically are, are possible because uh, ultimately that's what they are you know anything in today's market under 2 million is unreal um, you know the, the figures that Scary are getting money. talked about just across world football is, is unreal. So to bring in the quality that we have for under two million is is absolutely sensational. And I, I think there's going to be a struggle with that even in itself because if he does dip back into the G League, um, you know they're, they're wise. They're going to go well. You managed to get X, Y, and Z for bargains. We're not going to let that happen because look at the success that you've reaped the, from Kyogo, Maeda, um, and Hatati really. 
Um, so you, you have to think that they're not going to allow for that really to, to work again. Um, it's it's going to be a, a tough ask. There, mm. There's no two ways about it. But I think you've got to trust the process. You've got to trust Ange. Um, and, you know, even if it ridiculously be 2.5 million is dead, then you've just got to give him what he kind of wants. Europe's a really weird one how people are so um, split on it. It's, it's interesting. And I don't maybe it's an age thing as well because maybe I'm also just rather unrealistic that I think that, no, I think we should be going because I think for the last decade we've just really rested and, and sat on and not made any problem. Like, well, it's, it's evident we have regressed in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. There's no two ways about that in the last decade. Um so I do think that Celtic should be competing more. I understand exactly what that comment says. You know, we're in pot four of the Champions League. I appreciate that. I'm not saying that we should go on and make the last eight of the Champions League. Do I think, though, that we should be, I think, in any kind of Champions League, you should at least at least be aiming for third um, to, to try and consolidate, you know, Europa League um, and at least... Uh, European football after Christmas I think that's a, a very realistic game for, for Celtic um, whether that be in the Champions League like starting out in the Champions League or starting out in Europa League whatever it may, whatever it may be I think European football after Christmas has to be a, a goal and I do think that that's realistic um, I appreciate anything probably greater than that in the Champions League is, is maybe a little bit of a stretch but you know stranger things have happened um, and Maybe that is a bit of a question. No, we've got to dream. We've got to dream, Amy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that we've not been allowed to dream for about 10 years in Europe Mm -hmm. um, at all. You know, the last time I really did feel a dream in Europe was, you know, last 16 against Juventus. Because, yeah, and other than that, I don't really think there's there's been anything at all that... Well, everything was just kind of cut a bit shortly, wasn't it? I think, yeah, I probably did have dreams against Copenhagen because I thought we could probably beat them and then they were quietly shattered, weren't they? Um, so things like that even, that, that have to be going further than that. If you get one of those, look, not lucrative, but a tie that should be able to be won, I think that's where Celtic need to be improving. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah maybe not last 16 in Champions League, but not getting put out by Copenhagen. Teams that we really should be able to compete against, put it that way. No, I agree with that. And we'll have a more of a focus on what happened this season and what we can take positively from that. Um, but I think the, the most recent example or name to add to that list that you're talking about of teams we should be beating, I think is Bodo Glimt. And by the way, that's not being uh, disrespectful to anyone. I just think there's Celtic standing, there's their financial position and strength. Um, there's the dom- dominance that we've enjoyed for the best part of 10 years. And we've totally underperformed. So we need to, it's not even punching above totally your weight. Yeah. Exactly. Why are we it, being totally out? And that's why, mm. and I totally agree with you, we're not playing down. Hence why Bodo went on that great run still in the competition. But like totally outplayed Celtic and had that game plan and annihilated. Mm, absolutely. Now, when we're looking um, at a few of the points you've made there, I, I think that uh, the, the transfer one is very, very interesting indeed because Ange has set the trend, hasn't he? I mean, let's let's talk about the Japanese market, for example. We dipped our toes into that market with Nakamura. Um, we brought in Koko Mizuno. I know he wasn't a success. But what have we done since Nakamura up to Kyogo signing in that market? Very, very little. So we knew there was talent in there. I mean, Nakamura was, you know, a modern-day hero of Celtic yeah. supporters. I mean, we spoke 
just last week about his two free kicks against Man United, his free kick against Kilmarnock, that goal against uh, Rangers when Caldwell laid it on a plate for him it was a great pass by Caldwell. I'm sure he meant it. I'm sure he meant it. Obviously, um, you know <laughs> Nakamura. We knew, we knew what they had in that league, and um, we didn't tap into it again. Why not? I think that's a failing on the club. But anyway, we are where we are now. Ange Postecoglou has set the trend, but as you say, like all trends, you know. Everybody just goes to it like a, a moth to a flame. Exactly. It's like online. It's like even with content. Something works. Let's try that. It's worked for this one. Let's try it. Before you know it, you've got 20 or 30 people all try to do the same thing. So all the big clubs will look at the, the trend set by Ange and they'll be looking at where can we get these gems? Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure that will push the prices up as well. But also you were talking about players who played in Europe this season. Remember Kundai Benyu played in Europe for Brendan Rodgers? Oh, so he did. You remember that? There was a lot tipped for him. Remember that? And he Where was, is he? This, it was this whiz kid was brought in. Um, and wow, yeah. I remember him playing in pre-season as well um, against, against Leicester and thought, decent was it that game I thought yeah decent um, and then just never really to be seen again I don't I, couldn't, I actually couldn't even tell you where it is right now couldn't I'm going to have to find out I'm going to have to find out a couple of really good points Egyptian Kins coming in on YouTube now if you are watching on YouTube what we aim to do here at Axon and um, at a state of mind which is a studio we operate out of is that the content we create we want to keep it free uh, all we ask you to do is watch what we do, enjoy it hopefully, uh, like the videos on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, hit the notifications bell, it'll tell you every time a new video's coming up, if you're on Facebook or on Twitter, share, retweet, do all that kind of stuff, and if you fancy it, you can get onto our shop on axom.net and you can buy some of our products as well, but we're keeping the content free, thanks for joining us on YouTube Egyptian King, I would keep a jetty. I find this quite interesting and play him in cup competitions and rescue Hugo and Gigi for domestically and Europe. Now, we're talking about Europe. I think a big part of that is squad strength and depth and squad rotation. So I think you enter... It's an interesting point. Let me know what you think, uh, Egyptian King. You've come in and said it. Um, your bread and butter is the league. We all know that. If you want to progress in Europe, can you also progress in the two cups? Yes, we've done it in 1967. But, you know... That was special time, special team, special manager, uh, breaking new ground, um, trailblazers all over Europe. We're not quite there yet. Do you then say, right, we've got two two cup competitions, Amy. Let's keep the strength. And yeah, it's an expensive one, but you can also rest and rotate in league games. Are these players useful for that purpose? Or do you think they're like a busted flush and we need to get rid of them? Oh, I'm not for for that. I was actually still I was messaging you about good job being you. Um but I no, because you know, if you're not cutting it, you're you're not cutting it. Um you're wanting that progression in Europe, um, or stability in Europe or anything in a presence in Europe. Um let's even just settle at presence. Um but you're also still wanting qual you're wanting quality, aren't you? You're wanting quality in the league, you're wanting quality in Europe, um and continuity. And at the end of the day, you know, players want to play. Um, or certainly players used to want to play you certainly hope that the players that Celtic still have are, are wanting to play if you're playing week in week out in the league then you know they're going to be wanting to, to appear on the European stage because you know that's where you, you're getting your best um, 
quality showcase, bigger stage. Um, and you would say that you, it merits that then, and that's your reward ultimately. But in the same breath, you've got to say you've got to be putting that time in in the league and performing mm-hmm. well to merit then that that position in Europe. So um, I understand it's about having a strong squad. But it's kind of what we were going back to all together with, with Jota right at the start of the show um, and saying that pre-Christmas is really only competition. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Competition was Mikey Johnson. That's just that's just not where it should be at. It has to be, you know, Kyogo and, and Yakimaxi's competition cannot then just be or replacement or second string whatever you want to call it can then be a yeti the golfing class and i know that it's not easy it's a lot that's a lot easier said than done to bring in two quality you know left wingers right wingers strikers central midfielders and having quality in every place but you should i think be able to have two players of strength of similar strength at least in in every position and that's only two and you're thinking you know up top you're really wanting three in central in central defence you know say Celtic keep Carter Vickers I'd still say that you need to sign another centre half because what hap- what if something happens to, to Starfelt or to Carter Vickers yeah Welsh is there and to be honest again another player who played such a huge part during European runs and European games obviously grabbed that goal against Betis as well at home I know that was a much rotated sides, but Stephen Welsh was was playing quite a fair bit in Europe. Um, going by where else he's been this season, mm-hmm. um, or how often he's really been used. So I still think signings still have to be made. Um, and you know, and I'm still in that belief that you know you've got guys like Tony Rouse. You know, there was folk, not me, not me, this time last season who were saying that he can't be you know a suitable number two at Celtic to, in whatever position. Um, but you know he's proved that he can. So I'm still saying there still should be those gems in the club. You're not wanting to get rid of them because you know that's that's different. But if you're bringing in players and you're paying paying for players like Ayeti um, or Sorrow, you know Sorrow's nowhere near can be a suitable replacement or second string to Callum McGregor. You know, you're needing someone with a better quality, a more near beton esque kind of quality to, to mm. be the backup. So I'm all for the backup, absolutely, because you need that strength and depth. But 
not just the depth, you need that strength. And I don't think that those three in particular certainly possess any of that strength that is required. Yeah, no, not judging by this season's uh, no. performances. Mark, Mark, 1967, what positions do we need to get better quality players for? Now, mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This is an interesting one as well because I'm pretty sure there'll be a fair bit of uh, incoming and outgoing over the, the pre-season period. But um, talking about that, that depth and that quality... I agree with you. I still think we need to strengthen at centre-half beyond signing Carter Vickers. Yeah. I think that left-back, we need to do to the left-back position what we did with the right-back position with Juranovic. And then it's basically a fight for the jersey. Taylor, at the moment, he's got that jersey. Bring somebody in to challenge him for it. We need that defensive midfielder, I think, um, to, uh, I think, free McGregor a wee bit and yes. also to replace Beaton. Um, I'm going to ask a wee bit later probably about Turnbull and what next season holds for him. I think he'll be a pivotal part of Andy's team, very important player. I still think we're a wee bit short up top, which is why, mm. you know, in December last year we were playing Joey Dawson, albeit off the bench. We're still short up top. We still need to get another striker in because we can't really be in that position. Joey Dawson, as well as he did, wasn't ready for the first team. We should have a backup uh, striker. Yes, some might say, well, that's a Yeti. It's obviously not um, a Yeti because we've discussed that. And I also think, and this might sound bizarre, so bear with me, I still think we need a goalie. And the reason I think we need a goalie is because we should, I think, be offloading Ross Duhan and Connor Hazard and Vasilis Barkas. Yeah. And if you're, if you're getting rid of three keepers, you need to bring another one in. Um, Bain is quite clearly somebody that Ange trusts. He's, he's brought him up in conversations that didn't really... Um, lend itself to bringing up a, a sub-goalie, but he's brought up Bain as being one of the important cogs in the machine that you don't always see. So he is definitely the second choice. Beyond that, though, is Toby Yemi ready yeah. to step into the berth if he's needed? I'm not sure. So not I think, sure. You, yeah, so you bring in another goalie, um, maybe to fight Bain uh, for the number two jersey. And people think, why, why would you do that? We've had keepers in the past, Amy, who've barely played. There are plenty yeah. of goalies out there who know 
this is this is you as a number two. Yeah. Um, and I think going into Europe and going into four tournaments next season, you need at least three goalies you can rely on. The argument yeah, might I, be you can't rely on Bain. I, I'm not sure, sure on Bain either, but Anne seems to like him. I agree with you, but um, I think for all the flack that Scott Bain gets, because I do think he gets an, an awful lot, uh, I think that speaks volumes of probably the mentality of him um, and maybe why Ange is coming out, because I think you know that is a guy who obviously Ange is really taken to, um, and, and you're right, because it's not just been once or twice, you know, there's been a few occasions that he has brought him up, like you say, kind of out of nowhere. So that means that he is making some kind of impact, um, and it's so important, as you say, to have that kind of defensive support network really behind your goalkeeper behind Joe Hart as well especially considering he's a guy who was so low on confidence but I think that's you've got to give credit to Scott Bain who has obviously really taken on okay that he is you know second string and as comfortable as being that um, and I think that speaks volumes of, of like I say his mentality um, and just his kind of approach that he still realises how crucial a part he can play. Um, and I'll be honest, this is, this is uh, again, a shameless plug for me, but something that won't actually happen for much longer. Um, but I never actually realised how important having the, as I say, defensive, but supportive network of a second goalkeeper is, the backup goalkeeper is, to the starting goalkeeper until I was at Rose. Um, tell us it one that grows. You know, our two goalkeepers are so so tight, and I know that's also um, a, a real. That's great. It doesn't happen everywhere you go. Understand that. But to have that, they are so supportive of each other. You know, because well, they, they have to warm up everything together. Um, but you actually can see that with Bain and Hart. Because um, since seeing it at Rose, I really looked at it at Celtic when I was going to the games and I thought, wow, they actually do. You can see that. And I think maybe Angie just made a comment recently as well. Um, so I think it's going to be tough, but I agree with you that probably you do need to bring in another goalkeeper. But it has to be one who himself is actually comfortable enough knowing, look, you're coming in, still need you to be decent but you are going to have to be comfortable enough knowing that you are not going to be number one um, because I don't think Celtic are going to be able to bring in a goalkeeper that is going to be able to challenge Joe Hart because I still do just think you know Hart's head and shoulders not a joke um, above <laughs> but I'm saying that because I'm seeing a lot of the comments coming in and they're saying um, Benji Segrist who is at Dundee United and I really yeah. like him as well but I think he's a keeper who, you know, he is gaining a lot of attraction, um, a lot of plaudits, and rightly so, because he's had a terrific season at Dundee United. Will he be able to be go from being the number one, going from being probably one of Dundee United's most crucial players this season, to then totally being on the sidelines at Celtic? And I, I don't know if you can really ask that of, of that player. Um, a guy who really has kicked into his prime had a terrific season at Dundee United, ultimately played a huge role in them getting back into Europe for the first time in 10 years, if not more, possibly 12 years. 10 years, 2012, I think. 10 years. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you can kind of expect that. Um, we all know how great he is, because we've seen it, um, being on the receiving end of it. Um, so it's finding that kind of perfect balance that it's a guy who's good enough but also comfortable enough to know that he's actually not going to be number one because I don't think you're going to bring anybody in who is going to totally be, and utterly be able to, to nick that jersey off Joe Hart. No, it's a good point. Interestingly enough, Segrist, um, when he was at Aston Villa, played under Martin O'Neill. 
That is bizarre, isn't it? Wow. Um, now, I before we... Wow. Yeah, I mean, he was there for years. Seagrass, yeah, I was going to say, he must have been really young when he started O'Neill then, yeah. Um, Ryanair hmm, trended quite a bit over the weekend. The reason I bring it up is because it's Scotty Allcroft that threw it the is. grenade. Um, he threw the grenade. Uh, Ryanair gleefully pulled the pin out with their teeth and um, just exploded Rangers' internet. It was tremendous. And I think well, that... It's fun as well. Yeah, it did, apparently. Um, but the reason I bring it up is sense of humour. Come on, man. You need a sense of humour. And I think that uh, we've always been good. When you look at last season, yeah, it was depressing times, Amy, and it was depressing particularly on match day to come on. But, I mean, some things were so ridiculous, you, you, you couldn't really get too hung up on it. Surely that's just the online banter. I mean, to, to see Ryanair's um, version of TripAdvisor, yeah, uh, getting absolute pelters and getting one-star reviews and everything. Um, come on, man, it's just a wee tongue-in-cheek joke, no? I love it. I'm honest, I'm here for it. I love any kind of official account that can take the mick out themselves a little bit, sell it with a fish, um, large fish. Um, you know, because, you, you know, so that was obviously a mistake. But humour is so, so important. Um, and, you know, Twitter can be a, a really, really horrible place. Really horrible. You and I both know that. Um, but I am all for a bit of lightheartedness. And I think when, it, like I say, when it comes to an official account, I just think fair play. Because, you know, it's just it's an average Joe who's kind of behind, who's the admin someday, who's probably thinking, how have I I've sat through some sort of journalism degree or a media degree, anything like that, and this is what I'm doing, and I'm getting to, you know, run these accounts. I, I find that there's, because there's sometimes it is tricky, and, and again, and I know that from Rose, and you know that from having state-of-mind accounts, there's some things that you do want to say that then you go, right, I'll maybe put it on my personal instead of the, the actual official account, because it you've got to be able to have a bit of a laugh, have a bit of fun, Um and I, I thought it was brilliant from Ryanair because they just kept going and going. It's like once that initial one, the, the initial quote tweet, Scott's tweet, like you say, and then just went off on it. And I thought, fair play, replying to every reply. Um, kick on. I am, I'm all for it. It's great exposure for them as well. I think Ryanair are actually really funny for, for quite a long time um, because we'll make fun of them, obviously, for their... Um, uh, yeah, for whatever, for their pricing and for their um, kind of luggage allowance um, and all of that sort of jazz. So I actually think they are pretty decent. But I am, yeah, I am here for it uh, every day, any day, just lighten up a bit. Absolutely. And you know this, I don't know who it was, but all credit to the Celtic fan who at some point um, tweeted out, Loved my first day working for Ryanair. And then, obviously, they get all the traction. Tremendous. <laughs> Loved it. What have uh, we learned from this season that we can take into next season in Europe? I'm going to throw a few out to you. I think uh, looking at the Michelin game, what we've been discussing today, get the business done and get the business done early because we were ill-prepared for that game. That wasn't Angie's fault. That's on the club. Um, and I think that really underlines, you know, because we were, you know, we were actually knocked out in extra time away from home. 2-1 uh, in extra time after McGregor scored Abada scored an early goal we throw away the lead at home um, you know get the business done early when I look at the Jablonek game um, if I'm saying that properly I think what do you learn from that you learn that James Forrest isn't finished you look at some of his performances this season in Europe and that was not the only game people might say it's a dead rubber or you know we should be beating teams like that James Forrest is very important to the early rounds in Europe and also some of the games later on 
Um, so what I learned from that is that Forrest's experience um, is absolutely vital, and I think Ange recognises that, and that's why he's been given a new deal. Um, then you look at Alkmaar, and I think Alkmaar, you know, was was quite a few people's kind of revelation last season, certainly mine, that we can come up against a quality side and we can compete. Um, I thought Kyogo was absolutely superb uh, over the two games against Alkmaar, but so was Tony Ralston. And you never, you, you you know, you think about Tony Ralston, right? And you think about the goal against Ross County. Don't forget the, the, the saving challenges, the goal-saving challenges, like the one against Dundee United. He'd done that two or three times last season. Yeah. And one of the games was against Alkmaar. He was absolutely outstanding. Um, Ferenc Varos, we can beat a team home and away. We can do it. Um, yeah. And a decent enough team that, again, going back to the list of uh, sins previously, that's a team we should be beating home and away. Right, is that arrogant? Maybe it is. Um, and then we can go toe-to-toe. And I'm going to use the term big teams. Uh, I think we, we came up against quality sides in Leverkusen and Bet- Betis. Leverkusen done us uh, at Celtic Park, obviously, 4-0. But I think away from home, and then the two Betis games, we proved that we can, like the, the game against Alma. Now, I know Champions League teams are a step ahead of that. Celtic, I hope next season will be a step ahead of where we were this season. Uh, what are the biggest lessons do you think that Ange has learned from this European campaign that we can take into the Champions League? Like I, say, I just think going toe to toe. You know, scoring goals, yeah, conceded a hell of a lot as well. But um, is it 13 goals, 15 goals, I had it written down. I've lost my bit of paper. I think, did we score 13? We conceded 15. I wrote them down because um, I did actually count that this morning. Let me find my bit of paper. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, aye, scored 13, conceded 15. Um, th- you know, that's more than two a game you're averaging. So that's probably been the issue with Celtic recently, maybe in Europe, not being able to score. So that has to be a positive that, yeah, that's, you know, three against Betis. Um, mm at home and away um, and like you say decent outfits Leverkusen maybe less said the better um, that was just a a, a horrible night um, but again like you say Ferenc Varos doing a home, home and away so I think the fact that Celtic can score goals in Europe and score goals away from home in Europe yeah. um, that's I think the positives you have to take on the counter is again we were saying before the show I think the the most frustrating thing especially for me really is Celtic go ahead and then concede almost immediately after you know just chuck leads um, chuck anything you know Betis is obviously the, the prime of chucking leads um, but yeah the just maybe a little bit extra composure maybe after scoring not being quite mm-hmm. so open it's the same against Bodo um, you know that that real tiny tiny chink of light was given um, Maeda grabs one back and then basically ultimately Celtic go right back, uh, sorry, Bodo go right up and I know it takes a deflection but it's still, you know, 20 yards out given so much space and um, I think it takes a nick off McGregor that one, doesn't it? Um, and, and obviously heart, heart is beating but it's just, yeah, composure after initially scoring um, and maybe, you know Celtic came fire again, another thing we said came firing out the traps came firing in the traps against Bodo um, but still conceded within six, seven minutes something like that but there was two glaring opportunities remember like standing going to my dad I'm like my god we really could have a uh, scrolling here um, but aye I think that that's probably the biggest thing just a little bit of composure actually after scoring because mm. the, the quickness and speed of conceding like Betis away um, you know it was like 
2-0 up and within two minutes was back to 2-2, wasn't it? He scored two goals in such quick succession. So, yeah, just being a little bit tidier maybe. But, yeah, the, the positives you've got to take is that Celtic can score in Europe, home and away, and win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Betis game, I, I remember it well for um, the fact that we wore that away strip. And that, yes. that was one of the strips I was talking about earlier on, that when I seen the pictures, I thought, oh, that's absolutely horrendous. Divided but then when the you, opinion, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, and then you see it on during a game and it looks completely different Um, and I think that we'll probably look back on that particular jersey and think you know that's pretty decent it's pretty decent but let's not forget also a jetty scored in that game as did Tony Ralston um, as well but a jetty scored away from home against Betis listen Amy it's been very quick it's been a quick hour Uh, we're back it's a Monday we appreciate that uh, there's less to talk about during the pre-season but uh, we will continue with the daily bulletins, absolutely. We don't have games at the weekend, but as soon as the friendlies kick off again, we will be covering the friendly games, and I'm pretty sure they will be far more enjoyable than they were last year. Uh, West Ham g- g- hammering us 6-2, uh, Dembele getting stretched off, uh, various players like, I mean, Held was playing for Celtic during the preseason games. Good. Incredible how far we've come. But we will be covering all of that. And just to reiterate, thank you everybody for your support. Um, all we ask is that you like the videos, give us a thumbs up, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and we have lots and lots of quality video features coming up on the YouTube channel. So get involved as much as possible. Always a pleasure. Thank you once again, Amy Canavan, for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. What's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. 
Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Fast Twitch, the new energy drink from Gatorade is here. And it's powering fast starts for athletes in every arena, like NBA All-Star Zion Williamson, WNBA champ Kalia Copper, and MLB superstar Francisco Lindor. With 200 milligrams of caffeine, electrolytes, and zero sugar, Fast Twitch is the new go-to for on-the-go energy anytime you need to turn up the intensity. Available in six refreshing Gatorade-inspired flavors, grab Fast Twitch in the energy drink aisle at a store near you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.